Oh, you do that and I do this. and You hit the button. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to another Guitar Tech Podcast. This is episode number 25, sponsored by Core 4. And with me, as always, is my co-host, New York Roll. How are you doing? Surviving. Surviving the heat wave. Right. We, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we, first, we want to say thanks to Core 4 for sponsoring this podcast over the past couple months. And uh, New York Roll was down there for their event this past weekend. Great success, but not had by me. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a little oh, bit. Yeah. So how many do you think they had down there? Uh, last number I saw was 896 registered, and I would not put it past if they even got over. You know, you have people that probably bailed because of the heat. I, it's hard to say. I would, I would easily think they, they had 750 riders on site. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine people bailed from the heat before the word even go started. Yeah. I looked at the forecast and was right. like, well, yeah. yeah, it's to be expected. Weather's yeah. going to have some effect on your numbers, yeah. but that's still a lot of people for an event in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I I made the comment that this event will replace Jingle Cross, you know, while it's down there. Yeah, I had that thought earlier too, but you know, I didn't know it would be quite the same crowd. But for sure, it's economically going to replace it. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. getting you're gonna get up there in the numbers, yeah. where it's going to start to compete with what. And for you listeners who don't know, Jingle Cross was a long-running cycle cross race that was held in um, early Iowa December. City. Yeah, usually in early December, thus the name Jingle Cross. But yep. then they decided they wanted to go after the Plum, UCI, the Plum UCI yep. designation, and the UCI made them move the date to September. Yeah, something stupid like that, and they still called it Jingle Cross, and it just didn't really work. And I think they went September one year, October, and I yeah, think they were just floated around yeah. there, and then eventually, just the promoter just got tired of doing it. I guess is the easiest way to put it. Yeah, but he also moved away, and he well, he he didn't live here for quite a while. Yeah, know. he he moved out to Seattle, I believe, mm-hmm. Washington. Yep. And uh, so he was doing that remotely. Yeah. So it's got to be really hard. He kind of did the inverse of the Jim Cummings. You know, Jim mm-hmm. Cummings was managing it from the East Coast, then moved back to Kansas. And this gentleman here Speaking was. Of DK yep, 200. Yep. And this gentleman here was managing it from Iowa City, then moved away. Um, but that just speaks to the caliber of volunteers and passionate cyclists in Iowa City. Yeah. And the surrounding area. Yeah, they just carry events. Yep. And we'll yeah, kind of do. talk about that later too, because there's kind of a rural suburb community we're going to hit about later probably. Well, they have a pretty solid showing for their gravel group ride down there. Oh, yeah. yeah every yeah. week. So yeah. that's another indication that something's bubbling down there. And you have, a, you have probably a higher uh, concentration of younger people. Yeah. With disposable income and time to ride bikes. So. And, and I'm not trying to pit... Des Moines against Iowa City because they already do that themselves. Um, <laughs> but I would I would argue from the few times I've ridden in Iowa City and the few times I've ridden in Des Moines that I, I would think Iowa City has a larger bike culture by percentage. Yeah. Whereas Des Moines is a little bit more bike friendly, a little bit more bar hoppy. But Iowa City, it just seems like they have different um, flavor. Yeah, different flavor. Different. Hey, let's go out. Let's poke around on the exteriors. Let's ride up to Cedar Rapids. Let's, you know, um, but 
we are connected to Iowa City almost by a hundred percent bike path. Yeah. Um, now I think it's yeah. probably about a hundred and two mile effort from the Evansdale Bridge. Yeah. To get to Iowa City, almost hundred percent by bike path when it's open because they're fixing it right now. Yeah, they don't need to fix that section. Why? Why? That's pay? another whole podcast, Why? by the way. <laughs> Why pay perfectly good gravel? Yeah. Right. Anyway, I think people listening to this would probably agree with us. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I hope you will. If you don't, that's okay. That's right. There's podcasts for you out there. Anyway, the pathlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We can start that. Uh, so, yeah. So, thanks to Core 4 for just supporting us. And we, we were glad to see that they had a successful event and a lot of people had fun. And I heard some good things. And we'll refer back to some uh, concerns that some people voiced that have something to do with our later uh, subject matter we'll bring up, but we'll talk about that later. So anyway, um, heat wave, it's going to, we talked about heat riding in the heat. Not long ago, we had a podcast called uh, hot weather riding tips. So if you're in the Midwest or the South and you're dealing with this heat, check out that podcast. Uh, got some good tips and we'll put that in the show notes. And, um, also, this week is Gravel Worlds. Coming Gravel up. Worlds? Gravel Worlds going up in Lincoln, Nebraska this coming weekend. We also did a podcast about that called Two Distinct Worlds, which you can check out. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So if you haven't listened to those two, give them a listen. They've been you know, doing really well for us numbers-wise. So. Yeah. So I guess we did an okay job on them. Yeah. You maybe. should listen and determine for yourself. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Anyway. So, uh, what we want to talk about today is two things. First of all, I want to get uh, New York Roll's take on what Core 4 was about for him. So, Core 4, for me, just started off to be a series of follies. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think Ella's passing has impacted me as much. But, oh, uh, Ella was his dog. Yeah, for me. Had her, had her for 13 years, and uh, I had to make a decision back in early June. So, uh, anyways, it, it kind of... It, it, I really didn't fully understand the impact of that until probably about two weeks ago. Um, I didn't feel too bikey. I didn't feel like riding my bike. Right. I got kind of gloomy, kind of kind of just receded a little bit from the world. Um, granted, I did still go on RAGBRAI, but um, I just haven't been up to my normal self. So that did impact my training. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, I did Lutzen in really not great conditions. I'm not going to say awful conditions because I've been in worse, um, but it wasn't really the best conditions. And I, I missed my goals there and people gave me a whole bunch of excuses and I still stand by to, I made a goal and I missed it. Mm-hmm. And um, so here going in the core four, I was going to do the fat bike 100. And then about, I think on August 5th, I was chasing some KOMs on the local green belt here and I picked up some thorns in my rear tire and there was probably about a set of five of them. I put bacon strips into it. It wouldn't sit. Um, now it's seated perfectly. Everything. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I went looking for a jumbo gym tire because that's why I like rocking on my fat bike. And they're about a, I couldn't get a delivery date before the race. Everything was saying end of month. I got on Modern Bike, got on Jensen, got on all the onlines, called my local bike shops, had them call local. It was just turned into... No matter what, I was not going to get a new tire till after the race. Right. So 
before transfers, I transferred into the 100-mile men's for wherever my age bracket is, 40 to 50, I don't know. So <clears throat> that's what I did. And so going into it, I was kind of riding with a local rider here, Super Dave Ostrom. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, uh, I was having throbbing headaches. I hydrated. I was doing the liquid IV the night before, charged the system, drinking water, peeing clear. I know peeing clear doesn't mean you're hydrated, but for me, that's about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> um, so I watched what I ate, and I was just suffering from headaches probably yeah. from about start time was 8 o'clock. So probably from about 9.30 on, I was just having this fabulous headache. Well, just to interject here, uh, my wife suffers from allergies, and the, the indi- indicators for, I think, tree pollen and uh, something else were like off the charts this weekend. Yeah, probably be why I had a yeah. headache because I knew yeah. it wasn't from lack of hydration. Right. And she had a terrible headache this weekend. I mean, I put on probably five pounds in water just in the last three days before. Yeah. You know, I was just pounding water, getting myself hydrated. Hold on, folks. He's got to go to the bathroom. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> be right there. <laughs> but, anyways, um, I, I did all my normal stuff and it, it just, I just had a throbbing headache. And uh, we got done with Sugar Bottom, which probably, which is a, about six miles of single track on this race, going about mile 33, come out about mile 41-ish. Yeah. And uh, Super Dave was standing there, and I looked at him. I go, I'm done. I'm just going to ride back to the start and yeah. call it. And he was my ride down there. And uh, he looked at me. He goes, no, nah, I'm going to go all the way. I'm kind of like, dude, we're like 41 miles into it, and we're at the four-hour mark. Yeah. You're got another 67 miles to go. Yeah. Cause it was like, we'll just say a 110 mile course. It was yeah, like that's one, about what everybody was saying. They were road. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 109.75, yeah. I think. So we'll just say 110 mile course. Yeah. And I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, no. So I let super Dave go. Cause I was like, well, if he's riding the course, I can just take my sweet old time going yeah. back and where the hundred mile goes, right. I watched super Dave make a left. Uh Oh, <laughs> So, <laughs> so I got out to highway one, pedaled all the way down highway one, about a mile and a half, made the left, got a dingleberry, tucked myself back in, went up to the booth, said, Hey, I DQ'd. And then I changed and went to core Forte to watch mm-hmm. the finish line. And, uh, about an hour goes by. I'm like, well, he should have been in by now. Yeah. So I walk up to the truck and there's, Cause he super- took the short course. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he rode it all. But what I did was like, well, I'm already DQ'd. I'm yeah. going to go back the shortest way. Right. So he rode another six miles that he really didn't have to, but I don't think he knew where he was. I think right. he just followed the 50-mile course. And uh, I go back, and I see a pantless Super Dave changing out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you've just scarred our listeners' minds. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can unsee that, everyone. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, so that, that was the end of it. But uh, so overall, a lot of we had a lot more riders from the Cedar Valley than I thought. Yeah. Um, you had some people finish. You had some people pulled. You had some people ride the furthest they've ever rode before. Um, one of the things that they were doing at Core 4 at the finish line was, uh, I think, bike rags donated some water towels, or I don't even want to call them. Yeah. They were just wetting these towels and wrapping them around your neck when you finished. So... For some of the riders I knew, I was going over like Chris Adams, uh, Nick Tabor, uh, Ben Squires, uh, Sarah Gall, 
they all finished. Yeah. Now I was going over to the Red Bull cooler mm-hmm. and just packing, just making like a fist size ice ball and just wrapping it in that and just sticking on the nape of their neck. Mm-hmm. And they were in heaven, mm-hmm. you know, so I was, you know. Well, it's just for our listeners' sake, it was in what, the mid 90s, wasn't it? Close yeah. to 100. Yeah. We were standing, we were standing under the trees with a good, like, gusty breeze. And it was probably about 85 and it felt really nice. But as soon as you stepped out of that, whoo. Yeah. I think in the sun, it was yeah. closer to a hundred. Oh yeah. It was not a good day. And then with the humidity, it was even worse. And then the, the wind dehydrates you too. But it was the weirdest. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my plan in my head was as soon as we, as soon as about an hour in, I was like, I'm pulling the plug on this. Um, but my brain was, I wanted to get into Iowa city and ride the woodpecker single track and then bail. So I wanted to get in a metric Mm -hmm. and then pull the plug and ride back. And as I was looking at the map, I was like, that is just a dumb plan, Dave. (laughs) You know, because by that time, I'm already riding 85 miles. So might as well do 100. If I'm pulling, yeah. So if I'm pulling, I might as well pull now, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I pulled shortly before noon. I think I was done riding my bike by like 1210. Yeah. I think that's about when you texted me. Yeah. 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 Cause I was stalking someone else on something else. And you're like, aren't you supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z? And I was like, well, oh, you really can't see it, but I did develop a good blister on my oh, palm, on yeah. my right palm from all the, I see the swelling. Yeah. From all the pushing yeah. on my hoods Yeah, to, for the single track. So that, that was fun. That never happened before, but oh well. Yeah. So overall, core four, they did a really good job. They have volunteers up the wazoo. Um, Wilson's Orchards there. They have really good pizza. Um, I had the mushroom pizza. It was pretty good. Um, Big Grove is down there. Uh, the bands that I heard were fairly okay. Um, it's My only critique to core four is they got to figure out, are they a music festival or are they a race? And the only reason why I bring that up is because when you're sitting there, because they have they had the bands down kind of like in a in a low spot, and there's these built-in wood benches, right? You know, kind of like the old Roman times, right? Amphitheater kind yep. of thing. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so they're down there, and then about a hundred yards up on top of the hill is the finish line. Uh huh. And so where I got this is where I'm going with it is. The finish line was overriding the band down below. Well, the noise and the stuff noise, mean? noise wise, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of like, well, what are you trying to? I, to me, it's me being persnickety. At this well, point. they may have had uh, decibel limits. You yeah. know, to get bands in there, they may have said that you can only play at this decibel level. Yeah. Right, and then you don't have those for finish line announcers or the music. You're fin- they never apply that there. You can be as loud as you want. Yeah, there are there are some houses nearby. So, you know, it, might, it may have been to get the permit to have the bands out there. They had to meet a certain criteria, whereas that's not applied to yeah a finish line announcer. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of I I see where where you're coming from that and being up high like that sound travels without any obstructions and yeah yeah you know, it sounds kind of funny and if the wind's in the right direction that's going to blow this you know unbelievable i know most people won't believe this but wind has an effect on well, sound it carries too. Yeah. it carries the sound certain ways so um yeah i mean i could see where that might have been a problem 
a combination of issues there caused yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. yeah. For sure. For yeah. them, for sure. But the check-in was super easy. Uh, Lance Harris, uh, Des Moines was registrant number one for packet pickup. Ooh. I was, I was number two. I picked up like six packets for people up here. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. Cause you went down the night before. Yeah. I went down, picked up a bunch of packets, dropped them off at people's houses that way, you know, reduced travel. And then New I, York roll, the mailman. <laughs> at least I'm not the milkman. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, no, I, it's just people working together, people doing stuff. Sure. And, um, I, I, super Dave and I have animosity towards each other during races. We're, we're good friends, but, uh, we both said that the hundred mile is not our thing. And next year we're going to go heads up on fat bikes on yeah. the 50 miler. There you go. So we're going to, yeah, I heard it's really hilly. Um, so I was on the Stiggy, and I was able to roll a lot of hills. There was one downhill. The Stiggy is a gravel bike. Yeah. Like Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz Stigmata. We call them Stiggies. So um, I rolled this downhill, and it was it had a middle washboard section about 14 miles in. Yeah. And I just bombed it, and I saw it coming. And I was like, well, I'm going. <laughs> you know, I was just one of those. I'm if I hit the if I start breaking, it's going to be a shit show. If I uh, if I just air it out, I probably got a good chance to catch some air and still stick the landing type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I said something to Mike Meany after the race. I was like, "Hey, mile fourteen, that one downhill with that washboard. What'd you think?" He goes, "Oh shit." He goes, "I forgot about that. That was that was not good." He goes, "How was it for you?" I go, "I just sent it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> But other than that, it was pretty damn good gravel. The lines were beaten in fairly well. Um, hmm. I tried tailoring my start back to the back, so I just wanted to yeah. ride to finish. And plans changed real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't confident in finishing. Um, but uh, because of the heat, I, I'm not doing well with heat. It gets above 85. I start to melt. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's you know, tough, so, tough around here to handle. Anyways, overall, good event. Glad they sponsored us. Alex was very nice to me down there, so um, proud to help them out. Proud to uh, spread the word about them. And I would not be shocked if they go above twelve fifty next year. He's so, calling it. He's calling the number. Calling it. And it's I would recording. say this is a harder race than Rule of Three. Yeah. Yeah, it's true single track. It's not this Walmart built three foot wide stuff with banked turns. Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's I'm, not groomed. I'm throwing yeah, it's not groomed single track. This is this is artistic single track. Well, it's what it always was. It's very rustic. Right? It's from the eighties. Very rustic. That's when Sugar Bottom was laid out. You know, a hipster would say this is dirt to table single track. <laughs> All right, you've spent too much time in Iowa City, clearly. (laughs) Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I know. Well, thanks for that report, and we're glad to hear that Core 4 did well. Um, Yeah, look forward to working with those guys in the future if they'd like to. And if you have a mind to sponsor the Guitar Ted podcast, I'll just put a shout-out here. You can get a hold of me at g.ted.productions at gmail.com and let me know. Or if you have a suggestion, that'd be great. All right, so... uh, Part of this core four thing led led uh, you and I offline to talk a little bit about. Uh, you always hear uh, people 
either praising or more often than not complaining about events and event promoters and what they do. But nobody ever talks about what event participants should be doing because there's, there's supposedly a code of conduct (laughs) unwritten one for events and event promoters, but nobody ever says, Hey, you know, you, you people that come to these events need to think about how you act too, because it's a, it's a two way contract, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's something that we wanted to cover today because uh, we've both promoted events and we both have had been on the receiving end of uh, unwarranted <laughs> criticisms. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I still got some about the cog this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you just never can get away from it. So um, we just thought we'd talk a little bit about that. Now, um, leading up to into this, not to pick too much on core four, but I did talk to uh, a person who was in the event this weekend, other than you and uh, other than New York role. And he mentioned that uh, he thought he comes from a completely different discipline than riding bikes. And so he had a kind of unique take on what he was seeing there. And his beef was that he was seeing people who had no business on the front end of the, of the group starting on the front end of the group. And that really kind of got his craw and he, you know, and that's where our conversation took off from. So that was another reason I wanted to talk about this. We'll probably get into that. And I've, I've brought that up before. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, that, that's why we're talking about this. You know, we think there's, you know, there's enough chatter about how event promoters quote should be quote unquote doing things. Well, let's talk about you guys. <laughs> what should you be doing? Yeah. So my my first thing always has, and it has always been, uh, you need to look at the event that you're thinking about doing and consider that it might not be for you. That That is, that is wholeheartedly true. And I, I think you used to be able to filter people out back in your Trans-Iowa days because mm-hmm. um, it took a commitment to register for that event. Right. Minimal is that and free as that commitment was. Right. Took it a commitment. And so what's what's there today? Bike reg. Yeah. Online registration. Yeah. Easy. Credit card. Un called in. You don't even see your funds transfer hands. I mean it's like Correct. invisible. Yeah. So, so it's it's too easy to register for this stuff. You so know. you know, maybe maybe as a participant, maybe and I actually this is a very good conversation. Talking with a gal from Cedar Rapids. And she goes, well, I signed up for the Colesburg 45. And I go, oh, okay, cool, awesome. I go, that was my first gravel race I ever did. Um, that's 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 a that's cool. And she goes, but I did the Driftless 30, which for our listeners is in the same river valley, it's the Turkey River, mm-hmm. pretty much Colesburg 40. You're going up and over east and west side of the Turkey River, Driftless, kind of the same thing. And she goes, I, I just couldn't handle those hills. And I looked at her, I go, um, so what are your thoughts about Colesburg? It's just down the river a bit. And she goes, well, I don't think I can handle those hills. And I go, well, this doesn't help you, but Landau Road's probably about a mile and a half of climbing, and it will F you up. And it, it's, it's, yeah. it's just a beast of a climb. Yeah, they have something like that, yeah. And I go, so... You're going to hit it whether you do the 20 or you do the 40-mile route. You're, you're going to hit Landau Road because it's like six miles into the race. 
I go, so with that, you know, and you can always downgrade and there's no issue. No shame, with, yeah. Yeah, I go, as long as you don't do it day of. Right. You know, and even if you do it mid-event, okay, cool. But, uh, you know, it's... You know, yeah. The reason why I say don't do it day of, it's a little bit harder on your uh, race promoters. Yeah. You know, if you're going to change categories, change change as soon as you have any doubt. Because everybody wants to see the results right away, but when you have people leapfrogging categories the day of, it makes it way hard. Yeah. And like me, like I said, I DQ'd myself at mm -hmm. core four. So, you know, I'm not competing against anyone. Right. And I've been in, anyways. Um, so that's where I'm going with it. She, she then reassessed her expectations. I wasn't trying to talk her out of it. It was just like, I want her to, feel like she's accomplishing something right. early on. It's failure is awesome. Yeah. Cause you tried. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of not but, trying. <laughs> but how about to the point where we're pushing you to failure, we get you some blessed confidence in your boots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about we build you up before yeah. we start tearing you down a bit. Right. You know, that's, that's how I try to approach these things. Give yeah. people some successes. So they say, Oh, I can do this. Right. Cause the first time you rode your bike, you fell over. Right. Yeah. How many years did it take you before you entered a race? Yeah. Well, when Billy pulled up to me and we went stop yeah. sign, that's a race. Got yeah. it. But it wasn't that day, was it? Right. Maybe it was if you had evil brothers like I did. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you have to consider uh, that when you look in at an event and if you've already got issues with hills or you've got issues with the start time or if you've got issues with... You know, if something's rubbing you the wrong way, hey, you know, it might be the cool event for people to go do, but maybe it's not for you, you know, and that's okay. It's okay if it's not for you. There's, there's literally hundreds of events that you can yeah. go do. And I'm sure something out there is for you, even though you might not have ever heard of it. You know, if you go look and you'll find it, um, it might not be one of the marquee events and that's okay. And you may not want to race. Right. There's rides out there. Yeah. And there's like, group rides where there's no pressure, you know, and like, maybe that's where you should be. Maybe you should be trolling the Facebook groups. Right. Or start your own thing. But, yeah. you know, just, just because there are events doesn't mean they are for you. Yeah. So that's something to know right up front before you even pick an event. The other thing uh, I would ask somebody is, why do you want to go to this event? And that kind of helps weed out some stuff because if you really think about it, you know, why did this gal sign up for Colesburg 40 if it's just like the event she didn't like? Because you heard of it? Probably. And That's probably it. Gave her something to do that weekend. Right. Well, there's probably something else going on that weekend. Yeah. You know, you got to look. You got to make, make an effort to research. But I think she's so, making the right decision by right. going to Colesburg. No, I'm not, saying she, <laughs> I'm not saying she's making a bad decision. I'm just saying there are other decisions, and you have to, go, you have to put your due diligence in and look. Well, I just don't want to see Michelle on Labor Day weekend and get stabbed. You're <laughs> advocating people not to go to my event. Right. <laughs> By the way, we've uh, interviewed her too. So yeah. you can look for that review or, or interview on our podcast episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to think about these things like, you know, there's, let's just name a few. There's Gravel Worlds this weekend. That's a big, big event. And it's called Gravel Worlds and it sounds cool. And lots of people go to it. So you know, maybe I want to do that. Well, you got to realize it's late August and it's going to be in the eighties or nineties and it's going to be super humid and their gravel's a little sandy and they have big long hills and many of them, they have more climbing there than, than unbound has in 200 miles. 
So a uh, lot of sun and no shade, a lot of sun, no shade. Maybe that event's not for you. Yeah. Just because it's a big time, cool event doesn't mean you need to be doing it. And or maybe you need to do the short ride. And I have nothing so, against gravel worlds, but no. it's not an event for me. Right. You just describe things that I'm like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I can ride in hot temps if I'm under tree cover. Right. Call me a back, bike path warrior. You're going to have a hard time finding a tree along the road there. Yeah. No, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that's why I never yeah, go. Yeah. I, yeah. So no, it's, I, I need to. Or, you know, the SBT gravel was last weekend, but it's at altitude. And maybe you're a flatlander. Yeah. And just because that's a really cool event doesn't mean you're going to do well at it or even like it. Because it's at altitude, and maybe you'll get altitude sickness, and maybe it's maybe the mountain descents aren't for you because they're scary, or yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's a, you have to really look at these things, and why do you want to go do it? Yeah, and I do this all the time with my friends here. We look at races. Uh, They're talking about a uh, big sugar going down and doing big sugar this year, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm out. I that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I'll be up in New York, number one, um, doing a different event, but, uh, I, I just need to pause on Northwest Arkansas for a minute. <laughs> you know, I've been down there a lot since 2017 yeah. and it's just like, I'm driving nine hours for something I could ride in middle of Missouri. Yeah. 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 You know, so to me, the time proposition is not worth the 12 right. hour right. trip. Does right. that make sense? It, yeah. No, I mean, that's another reason that's that you, going need to, into this. you need to look at those kinds of things. Now, on the other hand, you may look at an event and go, uh, Northwest Arkansas, Arkansas, lots of climbing. It's a time of year where it's not super hot. It's, you know, it's, it's popular event and, you know, there's lots of other things going on there too. Yeah. Right. Cycling related and family related. And, and I, I, I need a challenge right now. Yeah. And so maybe that's the reason why you would go do that event. Um, so I mean, that's legit too. Yeah. Or even with the gravel worlds, maybe that's, I love hot, humid weather, man. It's, I feel alive when it's like that. And I like lots of people and cause it's gravel works, got a lot of people at it. Yeah. And, um, so, Hey man, that's a, that's an event for you. And then maybe also on top of it, you look at the price tag, right? Exactly. And you look at the price tag and you're like, well, I'm paying one fifty. You know, I, I think you and I try to govern ourselves on the gravel amplifier for around the $75 right, range. Right. Like today's, I think today's like $85, but we'll cover that later. But, uh, um, bang for you, the buck. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I know back in the day, I remember people saying, well, if the event is, takes less time to ride than it does for me to drive out to it and drive back, then I'm not going to go. So if like if an event was, five hours, let's say, and they live six hours away, they wouldn't go. That makes no sense to me. To me, it'd be because they spent more time in the car than they did riding. But to me, to me in the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just them. You know, maybe it's not, not your criteria, but I mean, you have to look at things like that. If that, if that bothers you, then don't go to that event. Don't bitch about it either. I really, (laughs) I really really try to do events that I do not have to do an overnight on. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's your... That's my criteria. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so the, you don't go to those events and you don't bitch about it either. Well, uh, that sucks because I've done overnight, mm-hmm. you know, you get online. Make I'm going to have to cut out it. the whole suit of Kansas to drag Colorado closer to me. Right, you know, and saying stuff like that online is just a waste of time. Oh, so, that's, oh my God, that's another thing. You know, you're being a bad participant. That's oh. what I'm saying. Yeah. F and A. <laughs> People, stop complaining about dates. Right. 
holy crap, that used to... Yeah, it used to just chat me. Yeah, somebody starts a new event and they go, well, that's the same date as such and such. Okay, find so, me a date when there's nothing happening. I or, challenge you. Don't, don't come back and say anything till you find me an empty date. Or, or You won't find it, so go away. <laughs> my, my favorite was when I did the Ingoanis mountain bike race. Right. And um, I put the date out there like eight months ahead. Yeah. And it got two months out. Someone goes, well, I can't believe you did this date the day my son's graduating high school. And I'm kind of like, don't give a shit. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Yeah. That's I, not my problem. Not my problem. You know, <laughs> maybe you should be a shitty parent and attend the right. race. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's a, that's what, how you're being a, a poor participant in the scene. Right. Yeah. You're, you're not helping anything by making those comments. No. Why do that? You're just agitating yeah, the RD. You're just, you're just making, you make it so people don't want to put things on. Yeah. When you act like that, people don't understand that uh, one bad comment to an RD, ha- it, it outweighs the 20 pats in the back. Yeah. It's, and we've been RDs. We know this, you know? I mean, that's the only thing you focus on is the one person that said that stupid comment online and you can't think of anything else. And that's, I mean, that's universal for people. That's just yeah. how people are. So don't do that to people, please. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> So then another thing you want to think about here is, you know, what are your goals? And, you know, yeah. is your goal to become stretched in some way or, you know, are you on a vision quest or do you want an event you can actually finish? And I'm going to say, if you want a vision quest, you're going to want a completely different type of event right. than a one day race. Right. I mean, you probably could have had a vision, vision quest in Iowa, wind and rock. You know, anything that goes over 300 miles, chances are you can probably discover yourself. Gravel, world's long voyage, 300 miles, you know. Unbound has the XL. Even at 200 miles, you can probably, because you need time away from other people for your brain to start tinkering and start dwelling upon your issues. Fight those demons. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you you may find it. Shit, who am I? Maybe you're 500 pounds and you can do that in a 50-mile ride. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm full of BS right now. Right. Well, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Right. But I, I know for me, for me, I can do 150 miles and I cannot think about it. I can do two 100 miles within, you know, 24 hour mm-hmm. period, done it, did it at the sterile island, went out there at midnight, finished it up around 6 a.m. right after sunrise, went back out there at two in the afternoon, rode another loop with someone else. And finish that up by eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, within with well with under twenty four hours, I did two hundred mile rides. Um, yeah. You know, and I so I guess where I'm going with it is it, for me, it doesn't always have to be the distance, but right. Uh, yeah, it's just goals. You know, what what do you? And yeah. this goes right into my next point, which is expectations. So your goals are, are going to set expectations, right? So yep. Uh, if your if your goal is to be stretched or challenged, or if your goal is to finish and have an experience, uh, like we're saying, that's going to change your uh, your outlook on what events to pick. But then also, it's going to set your expectations. So, you know, if you go to an event expecting to get challenged and it's only seventy five miles and you finish it in you know a couple hours or so, and and uh, you feel like, well, that was too easy. Well, then you didn't you didn't really think about this before you went or you, you know? set your bar way too low. Right. Right. And then maybe just be quiet and go home and set your bar higher next time you know? yeah. <laughs> instead of complaining to the, and the then event director. You may be just a, just a jack wagon 
if you're talking about how easy event is because someone else was out there suffering. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that happen to me countless number of times where I fought through a section and I was completely drained. And then I talked to a good friend. He's like, oh shit, that was easy for me. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. Got it. Not upset by that. But damn it, when you dwell upon it for 10 minutes, it starts to irk the shit out of me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyways. No, it's not an event director's fault. No, but, point, I, but yeah, I'm just saying yeah. like everyone's skill set slightly different. Right. So, I mean, every event is going to be set up for different reasons. So, uh, you know, the event director has uh, a vision. The yep. event director has in mind certain goals that could be achieved by people that come to their event. And maybe it's a family oriented event and they have a ride that's 25 miles and their goal is to make sure that families have a good time. Yeah. And if you go there and, and race it and come back and say, well, you didn't have chip timing and, and, uh, there was too many people in my way. And well, you know, you're being, I'm, I'm using an extreme example. You're being a jerk. You shouldn't have been in that event in the first place. You know, (laughs) none of that. What you said was extreme. I've heard it. (laughs) Like I did that ride out in New York. Yeah. They said it's a ride. Right. And this guy was irked that he did not get a, he did not get a result. He did not find out where he placed. Yeah. I was like, this was a ride for 25 bucks. Yeah. It just generates money for the small town of Perry. Right. What, what part of the <laughs> word ride in the description? Yeah. You uh, didn't read the description. He, well, some people don't. Evidently you know? he understood the R and the E. <laughs> he got lost on the A and the C and the I and the D, you know, I mean, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, you want to go to number five? Yeah, sure. So, uh, th- our next point is to, if you if you sign up for an event, don't wait till the last minute to show up Yep. because that's going to stress out your, the event volunteers and the organizer. And when you get there, if, even if you do get there early, be nice and be patient, yep. you know, don't be in a hurry for, you know, the, the, the packet thing to open up or the line to move or, don't be, you know, bent about um, something that happens that changes things at the last minute that's out of their control, like the power yeah. goes off or, you know, who knows what. Like I like Core 4, I'll use them for example. When I went down Friday to pick up my packet, I was 15 minutes early. I walked up to packet pickup. I said, hey, I know I'm 15 minutes early. Are you guys open? And the guy goes, well, yeah. What are you going to do in the meantime if we weren't? I go, well, I just would have gone and bought a beer and had a beer and come back over. He goes... Well, you can still do both, you know? So, um, anyways, mm-hmm. I guess where I'm going with this, I knew I was early and you were nice about it. Yeah. And I asked, are yeah. you open? Right. Didn't assume it. Right. You know, boom, 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 in and out. Right. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it's okay to be early and sometimes it's not, you got to kind of read the crowd. They were just sitting around the tables. I was like, yeah. well, they're probably ready to go. Yeah. Might as well go give them a test, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a test dummy. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Anyways, number six. You want to go? Yeah. So uh, if you get in the event and, you know, everything is coming up to the time to leave, uh, a lot of these events have uh, mass starts. And I think that there's, well, this is what happened at Core 4. We, we referenced it earlier. Some people think they're faster than they really are. Or I don't know why they want to be up front. I don't, you know, and they have no business being up front. They have, 
do they think they're going to win? <laughs> Are yeah, they coming I, in the top 10 or, you know, I, 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 when I was talking to uh, this person, I said, I, I don't think this is something that core four should do, but let's say you've got something like, you know, unbound gravel or SBT gravel or, you know, I don't know, maybe even big sugar has a big prize pot for the fast people. But, you know, if, if if it's a situation where people are racing for sponsorships and money, you need to get out of their way if you're not one of those people. Unless, unless you're someone who I'm friends with, if you're two people I'm thinking of, possibly three, and he's trying to get notice on national stage, and you've got a lot of time, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but you know where you belong, you know, in that scenario. Well, I, th- I would say to that person, I said, park yourself in the back, but be up there, but park yourself behind all those people yeah. and prove it. Yeah. No, that's what I'm you getting know? at. It's yeah. like, but don't put yourself in the front row. I mean, as, as far as, know, as two, yeah, or I even mean, two rows back, because that's ridiculous. I mean, as for as much as I love Nate Colbaum, who won core four, and as much as I love Mike Maney, who I believe he plays sixth or fifth, um, you get into those big shows Sorry, guys. You guys are maybe line four mm-hmm. at the best. Well, yeah, you got you to gotta prove it that you belong there. You know? Yeah. But here's my idea. It's just an idea, folks, so don't get on me about it. But I think if you're, uh, if you're giving out big prizes that it's, and you're having pros show up, they're going to be there the day before anyway. Yeah. Recon in the course, whatever, right? Have a qualifying event. Have like a time trial, a short course, something where you can seed people by speed. And go, okay, this guy, this Nate Colbaum guy is pretty darn fast. Look, he he's 10th fastest out of all the people that showed up. We'll put him in the second row or whatever, the first yeah. row if it's big enough. Right? I mean, that, that would be a way to uh, not only make the front row make more sense, the front group make more sense. It would weed out the people who don't belong there. And it gives you another event as an event promoter to promote. Well, so that's kind of what lifetime does with all their gates. Right. You know, they kind of do that. Oh, we know nothing about you and you don't have a resume. Yeah. Gate dead end. Yeah. You know, um, and that's, and you know, they're they're doing that at, at unbound by saying, if you're, if you're not a licensed pro or semi-pro, then you you don't belong in this group. But there's a you know, there's a race in Missouri, the BT Epic, which races on the Berryman Trail system down there. It's near Steel, Missouri, mm-hmm. or Steelville, Missouri. And um, what I liked what they did was, if you want to race for the pot, you got preferential start, and you also had to throw in another fifty box, fifty bucks. Yeah. That's the way to do it. So if you're going to be serious, then put your money where your mouth is. Yep. And they, so you had to register by X date. So when the race directors were up there, making sure people who paid for the privilege to start first and to go after the money, um, I believe all their plates were under like a hundred. Mm-hmm. So if you had a double digit plate, you could be in the first wave. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how they did it. Don't yeah. quote me on it, but that's it was simple. It was, yeah. to me, that's, if you're going to put a purse out there, that's another way to dumb it down and simplify yeah. it. 
And then I could give a shit if it's women and men in there because they're both racist mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. right. not the same pot of money, but you're both, you're giving them both a preferential start. Right. Well, and, and that's a couple of ways that I think that those kinds of events could do things. But if, you know, a lot of these events aren't going to have that. So yeah. be realistic about where you belong. Yeah. And if it's your first you event know. and you got Strava, you can kind of compare yourself to some other right. people that may or may not be there at the event. And that should give you a good idea. So if it's your first event, I would say start three quarters away in the back and just be realistic. Yeah. You know? Be like, I don't know what I don't know yet. Right. I'm not trying to tell you not to go, but um, there's people that show up to blow up, you know, in a great 50 miles (laughs) or 25 miles. Yeah. And then the the last of it's all off to the side, you know? So um, anyways, (laughs) watch me even in the ditch. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's groceries. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's that gel pack I was looking for. (laughs) All right, let's move on to number seven. Yeah, so, you know, overall, you know, if you forget everything that we said, don't forget this. Just be good and be kind. Well, that goes, right? yeah, number seven. Yep, so. And that I I like to add in there the power of please and thank you. Yeah, huge. And um, don't do, can I get XYZ, please and thank you? Because I hear please and thank you combined. Yeah, that's a cop out. Yeah, I'm kind of like, you deserve a throat punch. Right. <laughs> you know, drives me crazy. It's too. like, I, I it's, under- it's an insincere way of trying to be sincere. Yeah. If you say, please. Right. Okay. Let me acknowledge it. Right. All right. We had the transaction. Okay. Now the thank you. Because please. And thank you at the end means it's expected. Oh yeah. No, it's a command. Totally. Yeah. And that's totally. why I'm like, and throat punch. <laughs> you know, um, I, so, you know, if you're under if you're under the gun, like working in a kitchen, yeah, uh, military, yeah, uh, places where time, short time spans really matter. Yeah. I get it. Outside of those things, no. If I'm going to the cash register and I say, "Can I get a blah 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 blah, please and thank you?" Yeah, I, I should be getting throat punched right. for that. Bullshit. So I, I got a question. So is throat punch the gender neutral version of getting kicked in the nads? Well, <laughs> that's what we would say back in the day. Kick him in the nads. <laughs> Sorry, Captain Rolls coming out. Um, well, if you throat punch someone, they can't say anything stupid for a hot minute. So you, you get go. some quiet out of it. That's true. All right. <laughs> but also gotcha. I added a wave at the police officers doing the traffic. Right. Thank everybody. Yeah. yeah. Just be Thank cool the volunteers. Yeah. And seldom do I see that really be an issue. There are times where I see people at aid stations and they're not in a good mental state. So I kind of overlook it. But just because you're not in a good mental state and you're high strung and you're freaking out, doesn't mean you have the right to pass your bad right. day upon someone else. Right. They didn't deserve it. No. They're there to help you out and be, you know, they're trying to be nice to you and you're being an idiot, you know? I think I can only think of a handful of times where I've seen someone just be a miserable human being to volunteers. That's there's no place for that. No, just don't do that. And if you, if you're that person, 
don't go to another event because right. clearly you don't belong in public. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, another thing I'd add add to this too is if you can think of it, thank the motel person at the motel desk yeah. and thank the gas station clerk and thank you know say I'm I'm from out of town I'm here for this event because that stuff helps the event. Yeah. You know, if they if some business person goes, hey, you're that guy that puts on this event. I had like three or four people say they were here to for that event and thanked my employees. You know, they, they think more highly of the event. Yeah. They also will think maybe they can sponsor that event. Well, you know, and they think these are some nice people and these are some nice people. Yeah. So thanks for doing this in our town. You're bringing in money. Yeah. You know, and they weren't dicks. Right. We may have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> What's the gender neutrals? You're not, a, you're not an idiot or no, that's not even nice. That's not the nice way to do that either. Yeah. Anyway, you're just not a very good person. <laughs> I, I, they weren't jack wagons. Right. We'll just stick with yeah, that one. I like that. Okay. All right. We're working think we're working through things here. So bear with us. Oh yeah. Number eight. You already <laughs> did that. Give thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's if you don't have anything nice to say, sometimes just don't say it or right. just do what I do. Commiserate amongst my fellow friends. <laughs> but, do the Midwest thing and talk to everybody else behind their back. <laughs> eh, no, usually. I, I usually really try to tape measure what I say in public unless you really, really just right. have, I'm just like, nope, nuclear option. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to not talk oh, about this man. and you're just keep on poking. So yeah. we're going to go Boom. both guns. Yeah. But no, be thankful. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's always the way to go. And, you know, maybe think about writing the event promoters a nice email afterwards and yeah. You know, let them know that you had a good time. Yeah. That means a lot to them. Hey, Alex, I expect to write you a love letter later. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Yes. All right. So you got anything for the Gravel Amplifier? Uh, yes. The Gravel Amplifier is our segment of the Guitar Ted podcast where we look for gravel events that are unknown and amplify them so you know about them and possibly could support them. So what do you got? I got Shocker, one from central New York. <laughs> I got the Butternut Valley Gravel Grinder on oh. 7 October. It's a 68 or 33 miles, and it's at $85 a hit. Um, I don't understand if each category is limited at 75 people or if the whole event's limited at 75. But I did see a field limit on it, and um, it's in Garrettsville, New York, and... That is near Cooperstown, New York. So, uh, hey, isn't Cooperstown some Hall of Fame town? Baseball Hall of Fame. There you go. Yeah. So, um, also House Caverns near there, which is near Cobleskill. So, if you're into caves, House Caverns pretty cool place. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's Spiel out there. Looking. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, House Caverns got an interesting story. Uh oh. For another time. <laughs> okay. But. <laughs> Garrettsville is just kind of south of Utica-ish, and um, it's the 7th of October, so you'll have some nice foliage. Yeah. And couldn't tell you, I know it's hilly, it's not there. I don't know if it's part of, I think it's part, I think you're entering the Catskills in that area. Yeah. I think. I just know it's hilly as F. Okay. Yep. So be prepared. Yep. And it's on Bike Ridge. All right. We'll put the note 
or a link in the show notes under the gravel amplifier heading. So look for it there if you want to go or check it out. Uh, mine is uh, called the Hammond Harvest Ride, and it is in southeast Minnesota. It's going to be on Saturday, September 16th from 9 to 6 in the afternoon, from morning to afternoon. Uh, it's in Hammond, Minnesota, which is right on the Zumboro River. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's in the Driftless area of Minnesota, so it's pretty pretty hilly. 25 bucks a rider. Nice. Uh, they have a few different... They have a, something kind of unique at this one. It's called the Pedal Paddle, where you ride seven miles on gravel, yeah. and you get off and ride and paddle your canoe down the Zumboro River for seven miles. Kinda it's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's uh, one, one thing you could sign up for. You need to bring your own canoe or kayak. Uh, they have the Mighty Z, which is 45 miles. It has 2,600 feet of climbing. Yeah. Uh, and the Tin Man, which is 29 miles, which is 16, almost 1,700 feet of climbing. It's like the Wizard of Oz. What's that? It's just like the Wizard of Oz. I don't know. I didn't know what the significance of that is. The Mighty Z refers to the Zumbro, I'm sure. Yeah. And the River Ramble, which is a 14-mile uh, ride right along the Zumbro River, which is relatively flat. So if you want something easy to do. They uh, also said that they have, they're going to have things for kids to do, so it's a family-friendly event. Um, come explore the Zumbro River Valley gravel. Riders will enjoy food and refreshments from the basic place. You get a beverage of your choice. They have baked goods and food for recovery. Uh, the only other one I really want to say anything about is Snaggy Ridge 105. Yes, we want to talk about that, too. Going under a facelift. It's going underneath the knife, kids. <laughs> We've uh, interviewed Dan Roberts here. Who he's a good the, guy, Dan Roberts, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, he's been on our show before. And uh, the Snaggy Ridge 105, uh, it's been around for, what, six, seven years now, maybe? I'd say, God, I'd say six, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and typically, uh, Dan had chip timing and, you know, you paid a fee to get into it and number plates, blah, blah, blah. Well, earlier this year... They had like three tornadoes come through his county and tore things up. And he runs a construction company. He's a small business guy. Right. So he's been extremely busy this year doing uh, repair work for people. And if he doesn't do it and put food on his table, some other contractor is going to come in from someplace else and do it. Right. So he's got to do this. And so that's taken away time from his ability to put on what he feels is a quality event. So He's scrapping the plans to do uh, all the trappings, and he's giving everybody their money back that signed up. But he said, show up anyway. We're going to have a free event, and I'm going to be here with a clipboard, and we'll send you off on the routes, and they're going to have, you know, kind of a potluck at the end. And And he'll have a free will donation. Free will donation to help uh, restore the theater in Tipton, Iowa there. Yeah. So we encourage you that if you're in uh, the Midwest, anywhere near Tipton, Iowa, Check it out. It's uh, October 1st, I believe. I thought it was September 16th. Is it September 16th? We should look it up. Right, look it up. Give you me. got a phone. Oh, <laughs> we have technology. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. New York Girl's going to look this up for you. It might be in September. I know he's changed the date. It used to be October, I think. And then he changed it. You might be right. It might be the 16th. It should be the same date as this uh, Minnesota event that I talked about. So, but Dan's a good guy and we want to support him in any way that we can. So if you hear this and you got time to go, please do. It is, I can't read that. 
September 16th. So, all right. Yep. So just go www.snaggyridge105.com. Right. And we'll put that link in the show notes. He's also announced what's going on on the Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, just search Snaggy Ridge 105 and it'll come up. So that should do it for this episode. We thank Core 4 for their support. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, the numbers for the podcast have been going up, and we appreciate you guys. So if you have friends that haven't heard about us, please let them know about the Guitar Ted podcast. Yeah. Like, share. Subscribe. Subscribe, follow, whatever <laughs> the cool kids say. Yeah, throw tomatoes. But we're on <laughs> pretty much, I can't think of a platform we're not on. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks a lot for being here today, and we'll see you soon. Bye.